Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I brought hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo ambition. Welcome on into episode 147 of the Hooper's Log, and if you're not hyped for today, I don't know what will get you hyped. It's game one of the NBA Finals. It's coming on in about an hour, and we're going to be here to preview it all for you. And if you'd like to call into the CLNS radio uh, phone lines here, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. Please call in. If you don't want to call in, don't feel bad about it. If you don't call in, the show will guaranteed go a half an hour today as everyone is getting hyped for game one. Man, I'm telling you, if you ain't hyped for this game, what are you doing? I mean, this is the day. This is the day. Yeah. Get it going. That's right. We're getting it started today. Game one of the NBA Finals 2016 NBA Finals starts today between LeBron James and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. With his band of trio brothers in Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Chang Fry off the bench. You got Jared Smith, Jay Smooth. You got other guys like Timothy Mozgov. You got Tristan Thompson. Who else you got coming off the bench there in Cleveland? Matthew Delavadova. Who else can you put on there? Richard Jefferson. Uh, Dayton Jones. Dayton Jones. You got all these guys coming in for Cleveland. They are fire. They are hungry. They're ready to get done. They're out there right now. They're listening to their tunes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Game one of the NBA. This is what it's all about. All about the rematch, the legacy, the championships, everything on the line. Everything is on the line for LeBron James tonight. Everything is on the line tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Everything that the narrative is speaking towards is on tonight for the, for the NBA. You got a rematch of last year's NBA Finals where both guys of the trio outside of LeBron James were gone. Kevin Love's back. Kyrie Irving will be guaranteed to play a minimum of four games if healthy, knock on wood. Minimum of four games if they don't get swept or if they sweep. They're, look, they're, they're, they're ready to go. Cleveland's locked and loaded. They haven't played a game since Friday. And if you really want to break it down, they've only played, I think, 10 games all of May. I think they played only 10 games in the month of May. Think about that. The Cleveland Cavaliers in a 30-game stretch only played 12, 10 games in the month of May. 
and they're ready to get it going. They're ready to duke it out, play every single game like it's their last, coming in here into Golden State. They're ready to absolutely crush it tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Are they going to win? I don't know. I don't know. And to be honest with you, this entire show is about just just prepping you, getting you hyped and jacked for an unbelievable NBA Finals. All I know is it's going seven. I'll give you my prediction at the end of the show when I get out of here. Obviously, we've got a half-an-hour show today. It's going to be quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a beer. I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to make some pizza. I'm having a good night tonight. I'm telling you, this is going to be theater for the ages tonight. Basketball at its finest. Everyone talks about the 90s and Michael Jordan. Everyone talks about the Spurs in the 2000s, the Lakers in the early 2000s. Everyone talks about, you know, what LeBron did with the Heat for four years from 2011 to 2015 or 2014. Everyone talks about the, the Celtics and Lakers in the 2010. You know, everyone talks about the legends and the, and, and Magic and Bird in the 80s. This is the time right now in the NBA Finals where you're going to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes. Who else is on that rotation? Anderson Varejo. You talk about another crazy storyline coming in. This is, and then you got that bench: Mo Spade, Sean Livingston, Leandro Barbosa. Who else can I list? Ian Clark, who made big time plays in the postseason when Steph Curry was out. Again, Anderson Varejao. You got other guys stepping in and stepping in. Festus Azili, Andre Iguodala, last year's finals MVP, which to me, to this day, I still don't understand how he won finals MVP when LeBron James went, oh, I don't know, 36, 13, and 9 on his ass, and they still found a way, and they still found a way to give him the finals MVP. You talk about a narrative. You talk about putting the tunes in your head tonight. For an NBA Finals game one, I don't know how you don't get more hyped up. I don't know how you didn't get more jacked up for this. This is going to be one of the best NBA Finals we've seen in some time. And I think the last great NBA Finals I saw in the last five, five to six years, honestly, I mean, in the last ten years, I can name three of them immediately. The Spurs and Pistons in 05, that was, that was 11 years ago. Spurs, Pistons, 05. I, I think I lost like 10 years of my life watching that series as a Spurs fan. It was unbelievable. I would not have been mad if the Pistons won that series. They were unbelievable. Then you talk about the, the NBA Finals in 2010 between the Lakers and Celtics. Still to this day, one of the most incredible displays of television uh, artistry on the basketball court from both teams I can ever remember. Just the storylines, the high media market. It was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Kobe Bryant, uh, Ron Artest with the clutch shots at the end down the stretch. The bench for the Lakers was absolutely awe-inspiring. Talking about the Celtics team with their trio, knowing that that might have been the last run, unbelievable series. And then obviously the 2012-2013 NBA Finals with the Spurs and Heat. Those are really the last three great championship series we've seen. Really, when you break it down. It's not just because they were seven-game series. They were just classic Knock down, drag them out series all the way through and through. This is going to be one of those. I'm going to guarantee it. This is going seven. I don't know who's going to win game seven. I don't, I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win game seven. But this series is set up and made for must-see TV. And you talk about that giant TV contract that the NBA just signed last year or the year before, a couple, you know, in the, in the, in the, double, in the nine-digit, ten-digit range. 
in the billions of dollars that they just signed to make the media market go. This series is going to prove it. This series will prove why that money will will prove its worth. Because I'm telling you, if you ain't watching this series, if you ain't diving into what's what's happening on ABC, on your national television market, you're out of your mind. This is must-see TV tonight, and it's going to be exciting. If you want to call on the phone number again, it's 323-642-1558. If you want to call in, Give your opinion and, and, and talk about who you think is going to win the NBA Finals. Give it here now. you got an hour. you got 50 minutes till the game tips off. What are you doing? Get it going. Call into the Hooper's Log where the real basketball fans know what they're talking about and they know exactly where they're getting to go. Kevin Hart, get, get, Kevin Hart, get going. Let's all right, all right, all right. right. You're going to learn today. In fact, we're jumping straight to we're – dro- we're jumping straight to uh, – Straight into the hotline bling. Yes, Drake, where are you at? I, I need you to get in here. We got we got someone on the hotline bling. Yes. Ab- absolutely. I believe it's a 360 number. If I'm not mistaken, it's my guy Steve Silver. Hey, is this Steve Silver? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, buddy. sir. Are you excited for tonight's NBA Finals or what? This is this is just made for made for TV action tonight. Yes, sir. You know I am. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, before I get into it, uh, quick question for you, man. Do you know what happened on this day 20 years ago? 1996, June. Uh, it was June 2nd, 1996. I don't know what happened. What happened, Steve? Ooh, the Sonics, the Sonics won Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, 90-86 over the Utah Jazz. Yes, sir. I just broke out yes, the music a second ago. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. No, hey, it, I know it's yeah, so no, it wasn't it wasn't Drake and Degrassi in the hotline bling, but I mean, hey, it it, no, it was no. a close second. Hey, it was better than that. We had Fresh Prince on television. We had uh, we had a whole bunch of other great TV shows. Friends was was getting it going. Seinfeld was a big deal. Uh, there was no cell phones. People actually had uh, concentrated efforts. People actually paid attention to things <laughs> and uh, weren't looking down at the stupid little mobile device that they put in their hand every day. People actually had lives. They went to bars and interacted. Yeah, it was a great time in the '90s. You actually had you had some great punk rock in the in, the, in Seattle. You talk about a time to be alive in the 90s, 20 years ago, and the Sonics and what they did. Unfortunately, the world was a much bit different place, but in a, in a way, it's a good thing, but in another way, it's kind of sad. But yeah, no, the Sonics 20 years ago getting it done, and uh, tonight, I mean, what, what a way to start off 20 years later with Game 1 of the NBA Finals, which tonight, I mean, if anyone remembers Game 1 from last year, oh my God, I mean, you talk about a series that got started last year without a healthy Kyrie Irving who hurt himself in game one on top of Kevin Love being gone, they still found a way to keep it competitive. And what's interesting is, and and I looked at some of the highlights from last year's finals and I, and I've been listening to the media and I've been listening to everyone talk and, and all their conversations and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and honestly, this is one of those series where you got to kind of erase the narrative over the last 11, 12 months since last June, because this really is a June-to-June conversation. Last June, it was LeBron and really a hobbly Kyrie Irving and not a lot of supporting cast. He had size, but he didn't have much of a supporting cast to really counterbalance Golden State. And Golden State was not the team coming into this series like they are now, having faced what they've done. Last year, coming into, going through their postseason run, they played – a very, very young uh, New Orleans Pelicans team in round one. 
Then they played a banged-up Memphis Grizzlies team, not as banged up as this year, but last year they did not have Mike Conley the first couple games. And then they played a Houston Rockets team that also was rather banged up, and everyone's banged up late in the year. But they were a team just coming off of just exactly what the Golden State Warriors came off of just this last series, being down 3-1 to the Clippers, and they were exhausted beyond all heck. They hit a wall. The Warriors beat them, and the Warriors came into the finals rather rested and rather ready to go. And this is a much different scenario than last year. And the crazy thing is, is Vegas still has it odds two to one for the Golden State Warriors. And the crazy thing is, is the Cavs are, if not two and a half, maybe three times better than they were last year. That's not, that's not just saying, you know, count-wise they're way better than the Golden State Warriors. It's just the fact on the talent that they have. You know, Steve, today is a day of predictions. Today is a day of really the, the kickoff of, of really a global phenomenon, which is the NBA Finals. I want to hear your prediction. I want to hear what you think happens tonight. And I just, I just want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on tonight and just the NBA in general of, what, of what's going to get started in a great NBA Finals? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think this is a, a very good very good time to uh, ignore the narrative because one of the things that I absolutely just find disgusting is, yes, the Golden State Warriors are a better team than they were last year. But guess what? So are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. yes. Uh, they are a much better right. team than they were last year just because they're 100% healthy. So as far as I'm concerned, okay, great. So both teams are both teams are healthy going in. Okay. So now that we have that to the side, I want to know I want to know which team is actually the freshest coming into the finals, and that would be the Cleveland Cavaliers because well they had the they had the they had the um, they had the um, the uh, wonderful task of being able to dispatch the Toronto Raptors in a timely fashion. So they actually had the couple. They, had, they actually had the the extra days rest to put themselves in a uh, in a position mentally to get themselves prepared for the Golden State Warriors. And if you probably asked them quietly, they probably knew that was going to happen all along. Now, as far as the Golden State Warriors, I am very concerned because let's be perfectly honest, they had to come back from three one. Their backs were against the walls, and they had to emo- they had to mentally and emotionally prepare themselves to climb the, to climb. The, you know, to the top of the rim, and then on Game Seven, put themselves over the edge. So I'm I'm concerned about how much is actually left in that tank. And even though that nobody wants to say it, it is the big elephant in the room. Are they gassed? Have they have they put themselves through a 73 a 73-9 season, and then put themselves through a, a relatively decent playoffs? But some of those were without Steph Curry, and then in a Western Conference Finals where Oklahoma City took them to the brink, they had to come back from 3-1. to one. So that is a storyline for me, how much is left in the tank. Okay, now, the thing about this is, and you're probably going to call me a hater on this, the thing that I don't like about the Golden State Warriors and the way they play basketball is they, they, they're not doing anything revolutionary. This is what they do. They camp out at the three-point line, and because they're quick, they exploit space that's given, and, of course, they have a wonderful collection of shooters. They don't attack the rim. They don't, you know, they don't play back to the basket. They don't play a half court game. They don't play a pick and roll style, pick and roll style offense. It is literally move down the court, camp up the three point line, and it's worked. Okay, great, fine. They won a championship. But here's the thing. My question is simple, and we saw this in the Western Conference Finals. What happens when teams slow them down? What happens when teams slow them down and make yeah. them do something that they're not accustomed to do? And we saw that the Oklahoma City Thunder took them to the brink of elimination. And the thing, the thing about the thing about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And what they can, what they do have the uh, the ability to do is do what Oklahoma City did, but do a little bit better. And oh yeah, by the way, they have guys yes. that know how to finish as well too. So, my whole thing is, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are a little bit better than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they do what Oklahoma, what they're going to do what Oklahoma City tried to do, but I think they're going to finish this off. So, 
I got the Cavs in six. They will split game ones and game game one and game two. Head back to Cleveland, where that, I believe it's a what a two four two. Is that it's, it's going to be no no no, that, no, no. It's, it's going to it's going to be no, it's a two three two. Excuse the me, the same as every series. No no no, it's, it's not two three two anymore. It's two two one 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 one. Okay okay, so, so it's going to go, go. It's going to go okay. So then you're going to have two and you're going to have two in Cleveland. And I really believe that it's going to uh, what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to uh, uh, they're going to split in Cleveland. So the series is going to be two two after four, and uh, they're going to win Game Five in Golden State, and then they're going to come back and close it out on their own floor in Game Six. It's not going to go seven. It's That's not a bad six. prediction. And I'm taking I'm taking Cleveland, and this you're going to see the we, 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 what we saw in Game Six of the Western Conference Finals. With uh, with uh, um, Clay Thompson coming, you know, basically using that as a platform, I think we're going to have a Kyrie game. I think we're going to have one of those Kyrie moments, um, and I think you're going to see LeBron James do what everybody everybody wants to think that LeBron James can't do. I think he's going to take over the series, and you're going to have a LeBron-esque type of series. And in the closeout game, on uh, the closeout game on their own floor in Cleveland. The city of Cleveland will finally celebrate their first championship since 1964, and I'm going to put it right now. He's going to yeah. have a. I, I think. I think he's going to have a triple double in Game Six. NBA Finals MVP, uh, LeBron James. Cleveland Cavaliers win the series in six. That's a very good prediction. I. I. I'm. I'm. I'll give you my sentiment in a moment. The Western Conference. So you mentioned how the Cavs barely. You know, they, they they've had so much rest. They have. They haven't played since Friday. It's it's been six days since they will hit the court. And on top of that, I mentioned, you mentioned it too, in all of May. So the entire month of May, and I know the NBA playoffs just really grinds and, and, and goes very slow from the standpoint of just everything because each game is so intense. And you're, my, for me at least, my brain kind of stops, and I feel like a, a day feels like a, like a month. Like it does. It feels like, it feels like, like April was like four months ago from the standpoint of basketball and intensity and just what we've seen in the playoffs. The Golden State Warriors have played – they just played a seven-game series where they were down 3-1, and they also just played two series back-to-back. I know, I know that Portland series feels like nine years ago, but it was only two, two-and-a-half weeks ago. Steph Curry still is not 100%. People forget that shot he made right before the half against the, uh, against the Thunder in game seven where he threw it off the backboard with two seven-footers raining down on him. He clutched his knee. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not, you know, not feeling it or whatever, but his knee still probably isn't at the greatest level. Coming into last finals, again, you have to look at this from a perspective of June to June. Last June, Steph Curry was healthy as all heck. He was fully healthy coming into the postseason. Now this playoffs, he's kind of facing the Kyrie benefit. He actually is the one with the with the broken down knees, with the with the drainage, with the with the tiredness, with all that. The Warriors, all of May, they played twelve games. And in and many of those twelve games, in fact, I could debate that maybe four or five of those twelve games were like heavily intensified basketball games where they needed to play super like I mean really hard, especially the last three games against uh the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I know I remember a couple of those games against Portland, but one of the games they lost and another one of the games where Steph Curry had to pull them through in overtime, those five games right there put a lot of emotional, intense pressure on the Golden State Warriors, and a lot of people are forgetting that. What did the Cavs do in May? They swept the Hawks. 
They shot almost they shot twenty five threes in a game in one of those games. Yep. They they did just just walked right through them. And then yes, Toronto they faced some adversity. I think that adversity was very good though because they found some weaknesses that the Toronto Raptors exploited. Maybe the Golden State Warriors are using that as some as some motivation to see how they can attack this team uh, the way they can. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, when they bounced back from that, they found a way to adjust and dominate. And that's where you got to give credit to the, to, the, to the coaching staff of the Cavs because we knew after they were tied 2-2 against the Raptors, how many times have we seen a guy in LeBron James find a way to fold? How many, not, that he's, not that he's known to fold, but when it comes to big-time moments and clutch performances, how many times has he not been the guy – to attack and be the guy to get his team involved. And they found a way to do it in game five. And then in game six on the road, everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be a home series. Uh, Raptors are going to win. No, the Cavs stepped on their throat and said, we're going to the NBA finals and we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. They, played ten, they, they played 10 games in May. And only maybe, maybe two or three of those games were intensified. I would only say maybe two of those games were heavily intensified basketball games. And the, the Golden State Warriors have played a lot harder games on top of they're not fully healthy. I honestly think, and this is not my prediction, but this is just, a, this is just how I'm thinking, if the Golden State Warriors are going to win the NBA championship, Klay Thompson has to play not the game six he played uh, against, the, against the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, but he has to be the MVP of this series for them to win the NBA championship. I think that that needs to be – the absolute circumstance because Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. He's going to get his 25, 30 points a game. He's going to get it. And even if he doesn't, that's still going to have to prove why Clay needs to do what he does. Harrison Barnes is to play a bigger role. Draymond Green can't be flailing around the NBA finals because remember, he has all of these warning signs around him now, or if he gets a flagrant or if he gets a, uh, or if he doesn't just get a flagrant, if he gets a couple tees, which can easily happen because it's the NBA finals and the whole world's watching, he can be he can be ejected and suspended. That can happen. This is this is not you know this is not the early portion of Western Conference. This is big boy time. Draymond Green can't go out there and, and be the whiner and complainer that he is. So with that, that has to be the case. Another point you brought up about how the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I mentioned this in the last game. If Oklahoma City had a guy like Robert Ory, not that. Not Robert Ory from the standpoint of, you know, being clutch and making shots down the stretch, but a big man who can stretch the floor and open it up. Oh, hey, Cleveland has two of those guys. On top of, they have a guy in LeBron James who can distribute almost as well, if not better, than Magic Johnson. He's basically a Magic Johnson for this team, on top of he can get to the basket at will at certain points in the game, depending upon the mismatch. Oh, yeah, and like you said, Kyrie Irving, he can have Kyrie Irving games. If you get one game from Kyrie Irving where he has a Kyrie Irving game where he just goes off and goes 15 of 21 from the field and gets 40 points, that can happen. Against Steph Curry, against Clay, against whoever, he can do it against anybody. He did it against the Spurs last year. Once. That's all, I, that's all I need to see from one guy. If he has one game like that, that's going to wrap it up for the Cavs, at least giving them one game in the series. So you've got to open up those opportunities. They're a lot like Oklahoma City when it comes to stretching the floor. They're a lot like Oklahoma City when it comes to their ball distribution. They do play hero ball at times, but at the same time, when they, when they go to their hero ball, they change it up and they find ways to spread the floor. And even if they don't spread the floor, and I said this today, I was, I was a guest on a show today uh, for Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it was like a side blog podcast thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, that'll actually be airing here live, so you can hear me talk on that later. But I mentioned this and that. Kevin Love 
if they find a way, and this is honestly, this is Kevin Love. This this series is really. I mean, we talk about Steph, we talk about Kyrie. That's gonna that those guys are gonna kind of wash themselves out with the way they play. We talk about LeBron, Draymond Green. I honestly think the major factor in this series is gonna be the uh, the matchup with whoever matches up with Kevin Love down low on the block because. If Kevin Love is just going to stand out there on the perimeter and shoot threes, I'm telling you, this Cavs team is, is – they're still going to be great. I still think they're going to be fine in the series. But you, you need to utilize Kevin Love on the block from time to time. Not all the time. We know his role on the team. But if you can utilize him down low and get him, get him down low and utilize him in that way to make him help spread the floor for other guys, that's when he becomes a dynamic, terrifying presence and option for this team because I don't know, if, like we saw against the, uh, against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder with the Golden State Warriors, if you have Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Channing Frye, and maybe even throw Timothy Mozgov out there with LeBron James, you've got a lineup that is so giant that the, that the, Oklahoma, that the Golden State Warriors cannot compete with. We saw it against the, we saw it against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We could see it against the Golden State Warriors. When the Warriors start going small, maybe the, maybe the, uh, the LeBron James and the other big men that I just mentioned come on the floor and say, guess what? You've got to play with our level. If you can't, if you can't make a shot, we're going to grab every single rebound. And if Kevin Love uh, takes that and utilizes it to his ability, that's when the Cavs will ultimately dominate this series. And they might even win it in five. They might win it in less than six games. That's not knocking the Warriors. That's talking about the matchup. I'm not talking about the narrative in this conversation. I'm talking about the matchup from June to June. Because last June, all the Cavs had when it came to size was Timothy Mozgov and Tristan Thompson. Now guess mm-hmm. what? They got Channing Frye. He's like a Robert Ory. They've got Kevin Love. He's like a Robert Ory. They've got Tristan Thompson, Timothy Mozgov. I believe they got one other guy inside. Oh, yeah, and guess what? Matthew Dellavedova last series in, in the NBA Finals last year had to play pretty much the whole game. In fact, he got so messed up in last NBA Finals that he got so dehydrated that after game five or game three or game six, or whatever, he had to go straight to the hospital and get an IV for water. This guy doesn't need to worry about that in this series because Kyrie Irving's going to play most of the minutes. When you need a guy to come in and get the dirty work going, basically be the Manu Ginobili of your team from the standpoint of playing dirty, Matthew Dellavedova can provide that. They're going to have that as a luxury off the bench. And then you got Jared Smith who can shoot. This whole Cavs team has a roster that can completely dominate the Golden State Warriors if they utilize it and play it to a T. If all they did over their time off is watch the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, during those times when they weren't playing and just say, hey, let's just watch what they do and see how they play against Golden State. If they just utilize what they did in those first four games of what Oklahoma City did, they're going to be fine because they're going to look at that game plan. They're obviously going to use their own tools and their own pieces, and they're going to utilize that game plan, and they're going to find a way to beat Golden State from a matchup perspective. And if they do, I, like you said, six games, five games, I could see it happening. But as we know, 73-9, and nine, coming back from 3-1, the emotional tear, knowing what they've done in the West. The Warriors, they, they keep doing it, and I'm giving them their credit because – they are here because they are having what we all want to say is probably the greatest two-year run in NBA history. 73 wins this year, 67 last year. Is the media hype overrated? I think it is. But from the standpoint of what they're doing, they've earned that. I mean, you can't not give it to them. So from that perspective, they're doing everything they need to do. 
So saying that the Cavs, from a matchup perspective, are a better team and probably winning in five or six, you have to almost say this series is going to go seven because the Warriors are just something magical to watch. They just are, and we all know that. And I just think, though, and this is my prediction, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win this series in seven because – Look, I know they're going to play Game 7 in Golden State. I know they're going to go there. I know it's going to be a madhouse, just an insane palace of a place at Oracle. It is going to be out of this world insane. They tip it off in 30 minutes. But when it comes to LeBron James and his legacy, and I've said this from the get-go, this series is going to define one of two things, and that's usually what the NBA Finals does on a year-to-year basis. It's going to define one of two things, especially this year. If the Golden State Warriors win this NBA championship, I think they're the greatest team of all time. Because obviously 73-9, and nine, you can debate it with the Bulls, and I think that debate still, even if they win this championship, will still be debated, and I think it's definitely warranted because the Bulls played in an era that was so defensively minded, different rules, different strategy, all that. But when it comes to the Golden State Warriors and their capability to do what they've done in a, in a definite, uh, tougher, deeper conference of what they've done on top of going through the adversity in the playoffs, losing Steph Curry, um, being down 3-1, finding a way to creep their way back. From that perspective, it's like how can you not sit there and say that this team has not had one of the greatest two-year runs in NBA history. 140 wins in two years in the regular season is, is nuts and, and absurd. On top of 73-9, and nine, what they've done, the adversity, being great, they've done it. This, if they win the NBA title this year, and I said this in January, if they win it all and they break the Bulls' record, and they, I, said, I said three things need to happen for this Warriors to, to happen if they want to win the NBA. If they want to be the greatest team of all time, they've got to stay healthy, they've got to trudge through the adversity, and they've got to break the Bulls' record. They've done it all. Now they just got to win the championship. And on top of it, this will definitely prove all the people who thought last finals, and I was one of them. I said, look, if this Cavs team was healthy, after watching the finals last year, if this Cavs team was healthy last year, you better not sit here and tell me that this Golden State Warrior team would beat them. Well, now they have their chance to prove it. Because if they do it, I don't know how you can't say they're the greatest team of all time because then they will have, they will have proven me and everybody else out there who's a logical basketball fan of knowing that this Warrior team was not better than that Cavs team last year if the Cavs were healthy. If they beat them this year, then they prove it. Then they prove it, and that's when I think they become the greatest team of all time for a one-year stretch and maybe even definitely a two-year stretch. But if the Cavs win the NBA championship, and I know you'll probably disagree with me, uh, Steve, and actually when it comes to your analysis on the Warriors before I get to it, uh, my point about the Cavs, uh, the Warriors, uh, I don't disagree with your statement about their offense. I definitely don't think it's revolutionary. Every time they get to the hole, and if you ever notice this, and people don't recognize this because they're so blind by by the magic and the, and the media narrative and all that other crap, but whenever Steph drives to the hole, there's no help defender. Usually when you see guys yep. like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron James, other guys, there's always like two, maybe three layers of defense waiting, waiting in the wing. Every time Curry drives to the rack, everyone's being guarded on the perimeter, and he drives, and there's maybe one help defender who's halfway there because he's trying to uh, keep from Steph from pitching it back out, which is fair, which to Curry's credit, he recognizes, but that doesn't make Curry like LeBron where he has to fight through three layers of defense to get a layup. 
That's different. And on well, top of it, every time Draymond Green's out on the perimeter, he throws it inside to Curry. He throws it outside to Thompson. He throws it inside to Bogut. And then Bogut will dish it back out to Curry. There's a, there's a pick-moving screen. I mean, you see these things happen with the Warriors. I don't disagree with you on that statement at all. I, I'm not hating. I don't think you're a hater at all. I think you're being a rational basketball fan who's observing what we're all seeing, who people who criticize the Golden State Warriors and their brand of basketball. The difference is, is they're making it happen. I mean, and, and we all know that. I know you're not hating. I know you're not saying, but we, we all see that, and, and it's just unbelievable what they do and, and how they can find ways to adjust to get it done. But I do agree with you on that statement. Back to my point about the Cavs. If the Cleveland Cavaliers win the NBA championship this year, when it comes to legacy and it comes to – what LeBron is all about, and this is going to be blasphemy for a lot of people hearing me, and you're probably going to turn off, turn off the show when you hear it. I think LeBron James, if he wins the NBA Finals this year with this team and what he's done, I think he's the greatest player of all time. And that is absurd. I know. I be- Believe me. I have tried to run it through my head. But I look at it from this perspective. Ten years down the road, in 2026, when LeBron James is long retired and Steph Curry is either done with his career or damn near close to done, which I think we're going to step back and we're going to say, if, if, for, if for, you know, we all know LeBron's probably got another five years under his belt, probably maybe, maybe two at a max of level like this, at a maximum, maybe even just next year. But when you step back and see it, where LeBron James is right now, and the projection is still what he can do, if he wins a title in Cleveland, that's three titles in a six-year span. He brought a Cleveland team that won 30 games, and maybe even only 25 or whatever, when he left. He brought them to an NBA title the year after in 2015, almost won without anybody, a supporting cast of garbage, realistically. And then this year, bringing the team that he has now, two years after they were garbage and not even in the playoffs, all the remember, they had back-to-back number one picks. In fact, I think yep. they had – Kyrie Irving was the number one pick. They picked up uh, Anthony Bennett, and then they drafted Andrew Wiggins. They had three number one picks when LeBron was gone. Think about right. that. And then he brings them all the way to an NBA championship when you're not supposed to – that's not supposed to happen in this era. I don't care if it's the East. I don't care if it's overseas. I don't care if it's Stephon Marbury in China. It's freaking crazy. Like, that is nutsoid stuff. And I understand he left Miami. He left Cleveland in 2010 for the decision. I understand that that's a bad PR move and a really dumb thing to do. But at the same time, recognize in the last 10 years, think about this. The last 10 years, LeBron James has been to seven NBA finals, counting this year. Seven. 2007 against the Spurs. Shouldn't have even been there. He shouldn't have been there. The Pistons should have been there. What he did in 05 in that Eastern Conference Finals Game 5 is still the greatest performance I've ever seen in NBA history. 29 of the final 30 points in a double overtime game. Freaking nuts. That's insane. And he was only 22 at that time. Then you go into the next year. Unfortunately, they lost to the Celtics in the playoffs. That happened. Then you go into 09 when they lost to the Magic. Should have been there. Not good enough supporting cast. Then they lost to the Celtics in 2010. People say he quit. He had like 40 points and 19 rebounds and six assists or something ridiculous. People thought he was quitting. He had nobody around him. Goes to Miami. Four straight NBA finals. Did he lose to to the Mavs in a bad way? Absolutely. I think 2010-2011 was one of the worst years in LeBron's career from a a PR, from a playing, from everything, a cockiness. Horrible perspective. But then 2012 wins the title over the Thunder. 
gets it done. And especially, you have to remember that game six against the, the Boston Celtics in the Garden, down 3-2, he goes off for 45-12-9. and nine. He goes crazy in the Garden, shuts down the building, wins game seven, goes back and beats the Thunder for all of us in Seattle. Thank God he did because I was so pissed the Spurs didn't make it on top of the, the Sonics. I was angry as heck, but he did it and he beat them, gets his first ring, then has, in my opinion, top 10 greatest team of all time with that bench and the Miami Heat beating the Spurs in seven. Yes, he got bailed out by Ray Allen, but still, he was unbelievable in that series. Then in 2014, that team hit a wall, but he was unbelievable. Then last year was what he did, and now now? And the thing is about last year when they lost, and I think everybody's understanding about this, that guy, again, 36 points, Fifth, uh, 12 rebounds, 13 rebounds a game, and six, like a nine assists a game. Like, that is just stupid stuff. And it's just because everyone was hurt. If they weren't hurt, you can't blame LeBron. People were talking about it during the series last NBA Finals that he should have been a guy who won MVP even though his team lost. That's how crazy that guy was last year in the Finals. And he was 30 years old. This guy has all that to go. And if he brings, like you said, if he brings Cleveland a title, for the first time in 52 years when he promised that he would do so when he came back, on top of being a hometown kid, how do you not spell that as a storybook ending? I better see if the Cavs win a title this year, I better see a LeBron James movie when I'm 45 years old. I'm telling you, if I don't see a LeBron James movie, if they win the title this year, when I'm 45 and 2036, I'm going to be pissed. Because that's going to be one of the greatest stories we're ever going to see. And it's going to be all because of these people out here who hate LeBron James. And don't get me wrong. He's narcissistic. He thinks that he runs the show. He called himself king. He did the decision. I understand that. But from the standpoint of this man as a basketball player, you talk about just sheer ridiculousness. Seven championship opportunities in ten years in the era that we play basketball where so many players are skilled and great and D-leaguers coming back and forth, up and down. He makes an entire conference look like a JV conference. That's how unbelievable this guy is. And if he gets it done this year, I think he's the greatest player of all time. And if he's not, he's definitely the greatest forward of all time because then you start to break it down. He's centers, you got Will, that's, you got Kareem. Yeah, that might be a little more accurate because I, I will say this, man. He's never going to be Jordan. And the thing, that separates, no. the, the thing that separates LeBron from Jordan is the fact that Jordan had no interest of joining people to get past another team. He was just going to will yeah. himself to get past other teams. And, by the way, man, six NBA finals, he was six for six. I mean, he was basically the equivalent of what Joe Montana is to the NFL – Never lost in a, never lost in a finals appearance. Now you can sit there and say his coach, supporting cast, whatever. Simple fact of the matter is Jordan is sure. a, now Jordan is exactly that. I will say this: that LeBron will be number two. Maybe I mean like if you want to if you want to like he's ne- you're never gonna sure. never gonna surpass Jordan. You might be walking side by side with Jordan or maybe one step below Jordan because the simple fact of the matter is it's if you finally delivered what Cle- what you promised Cleveland since the day that you came out of high school. Okay, fine, you left. Okay, cool, whatever. We'll put that aside. But Ned, then you came back, and your whole goal is to give uh, give Cleveland a championship. And if you can deliver it against the seventy three and nine Golden State Warriors, yeah, when everybody exactly. is picking against you, definitely I will. I, I it will it will validate it will validate what everybody thinks that he's not. And that is, and in today's day and age, and today especially in when you when you think about how everybody just puts the old-school NBA on such a pedestal. And don't get me wrong, 
Those were those were some great teams, and, and when in the when the league 25 years ago, before they got rid of you know before they put uh, zone defenses in the game, they got rid of hand checking and stuff like that. It was you know it was a rough and tumble league, and those were some bad boys back yes. in those days. And so yeah, of yes. course you have to put it up on some kind of kind of pedestal. So if you're gonna if you if you want to walk with champions, you have to you have to deliver one on your word, and you can't just go run and play with your boys and get a championship that way. I'm right. not taking anything away from his heat, his rings with the Miami sure. Heat. But yes. you're absolutely right. If he, if, he can, if he can deliver Cleveland, he's definitely going to be like, okay, if, if he does it, I would, probably, I would probably say that in my top five, he would probably be in my top three of all time. He would definitely that's be fair. in my top three. I mean, that's fair. Because I, I, mean, I, cause I, I, gotta give, I, I do got to give love to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, but those were just my cats from back in the day, and, and same with MJ. But, but sure. getting back to the finals really quick, and I know that you got a lot of show to do, um, and so I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I will just say this. For the Cleveland Cavaliers to win this, bar none, in order for them to win this championship this year in this series today and moving forward, you got to make Golden State put the ball on the floor. And what I mean by right. that is don't give them that, – that's, the, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about. They don't, create, they don't create their own shots. They just exploit space because they have a quick first step and they got handles. So if you give them extra space, they will shoot the lights out and they have the ability to do that. So if you, if you make them put the ball on the floor, which is what, which is what Oklahoma City did well when they were, when they were playing well, they forced, they forced Golden State to go to the rim. They forced them to put the ball on the floor yeah. and go to the rim, and that's not how you, that's not how they play. That's not how they play basketball. So if Cleveland can make yeah. them put the ball on the floor and make them make mistakes, because they will, and get them out of rhythm, Cleveland's going to win that series. And I think they have what it takes to do that consistently through game one to game six. So again, man, I'm taking Cleveland in six. That's awesome. Hey, Steve, thanks for calling in, man. Yep. Awesome stuff, man. Hey, have a good one. I'm going to turn on the game here in just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to get you off there. Steve, thank you again, bud. All right, awesome. He's just hanging up. That's beautiful. Uh, anyway, no. So I'm going to hang up here in about four, in about four minutes, give you a 45-minute show, and then we're going to go to the game. So we've got about three minutes left in the show. Uh, again, tonight is going to be a night where we talk about, like, the beginning of this series. And it's, I'm telling you, man – I'm telling you, man, tonight is going to be must-watch TV. Get your popcorn in the fourth quarter. Get your honey. Sit next to your honey. I'm, I'm telling you, man, this is going to be one of those games tonight where you're going to be like, okay, we're going to remember this 20 years from now. We're going to remember this series 20 years from now and know that it was an absolute classic, and it's going to be on NBA TV as classics. Just like Magic and Bird, just like MJ playing the Pistons, or just like MJ playing his Magic, just like just like you know all these other series that we've seen in the past on on the Classics Channel. That's exactly what we're gonna see in this series. I don't know which games they're going to be, but all I gotta tell you is watch, learn, and enjoy. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be absolutely incredible stuff. Our next show. Episode 148, and like I heard, like you heard me say, I'm picking the Cavs to win in seven games. And the thing is, people are saying, oh, you just don't like the Warriors. Yeah, I don't like the Warriors. But guess what? I'm giving the Warriors credit. They have been unbelievable, unbelievable this season. But you've got to look at this from June to June. You can't look at this from the standpoint of what the Warriors have done all year since last finals. You've got to look at it from the perspective of the matchups and what happened last finals compared to what's going on going to happen in this finals. 
the Warriors win the title this year, they're the greatest team of all time. They are. I, I won't even debate it. I, I, I won't debate it. I won't. I've seen it. I've, I've seen the entire year. I've done 147 episodes, for Christ's sake, and I'm sitting here, and I've seen this team all year. They've been absolutely insanely good. But I picked the Cavs in seven because they have the matchup nightmares, and they did, they did not have a healthy team last year. They're going to find a way to get done, and I think they will. Again, episode 147 is in the books. Got about a minute left on the show. Again, next show will be on Tuesday, June, I don't know what day that is, June 5th, June 7th, something. It's five days from now, so probably June 7th. It's going to be on Tuesday. We're going to recap game one and game two in San Francisco or Oakland or wherever they play at Oracle. We're going to recap those two games. And any other drama going on in the NBA, we'll give it to you here on the Hoopers Log. I'm telling you, get your popcorn ready tonight, baby. Get your popcorn ready, America. This is going to be an amazing, unbelievable series. Golden State against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Game one tonight in about 15 minutes, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Unbelievable stuff. See you on Tuesday, everybody. Episode 147 of the book, episode 148. Same time, same place, Tuesday next week. Have a good one. Get popcorn ready.